We're going? All right. Hello, and welcome to Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we're coming to you live via remote from Bauman's Riverside Rod Shop in the mighty metropolis of Columbia Falls, Montana. Hey, and, yeah, live studio audience. And I would like to start off by thanking everybody for their prayers and the ride in the John Martin special. We only had one casualty, which was a throttle return spring. Otherwise, it the weather was perfect. The car ran great. It I couldn't ask for a better time. I had a guy I was talking to in Arley, which is about, what's that, about 80 miles away, something like that. And he said, boy, you sure picked the right day. I said, nope, I had a bunch of people praying for me. And he said, yeah, and that's what it was. So thank you for your prayers. As you can see, we have one bee that would not escape. You know, he's a hitchhiker that won't let go. So anyway, thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, we are continuing our study in the book of Revelation. Again, the book of Revelation is one that's kind of controversial, not kind of controversial, but it's controversial enough where some pastors won't even teach on it. And, and because it says in the first chapter, it says everybody who reads or hears this receives a blessing. It doesn't say everybody who understands it. Because to be quite honest with you, there's a lot of different things in here that are kind of tough to understand. And uh, last week, again, we were in the first chapter, and it mentioned the seven churches. And that's where we're going to start on tonight. It's addressing four of the seven churches. And, and here's the deal. How can this 2,000-year-old document writing to seven churches that are obviously no longer there, how can this apply to us? Well, it really is, seven is the number of completion. Okay, this is what's going on or perfect. Seven churches have different aspects to church today. And, I, and, and all churches are messed up because men run them. It's, it's real simple, you know. We, the body of Christ, are the church, but all this stuff running, it's... Hopefully <laughs> we're getting... We seem to be having some technical difficulties. We'll get it through. Works good. Okay, so with that, let's start with prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we get to share together, to look at your word, and we pray that you open our hearts and minds to your word. Um, keep me out of the way, and Lord, also keep the Wi-Fi working so this will... Continue to broadcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Revelation 2, verse 1, starts off by saying, Right, these things say, He who holds the seven stars in His right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, and see, these are the things that get people confused, right? I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. <laughs> Nevertheless, I have this against you. Again, we might be having technical uh, difficulties, but it's it's hopefully could be broadcasting through chasing the, the Wi-Fi. Okay, so it says, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this is this you have that you hate the Nicolaitans, pardon me, which I also hate. 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the, to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Okay, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have the tribulation of ten days, but be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes... Hey, we got a Sasquatch. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Now, this is something completely kind of function. So there you, there you go. You can you know you can't throw you off too much. Okay, and to the angel of the church. Hi, Harry. That'd be a good name for you too. The angel of the church in Pergamos, right? These things says he who has a sharp two-edged sword. I things against you. Because you were there, that you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. I'm getting tongue-tied tonight. Uh, I hope everybody can bear with me. Who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who through Balak to put stumbling blocks before the children of Israel, to eat sacrifice to idols, commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolotians, which I, which I hate, the thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He, no one knows except he who receives it. Okay, and to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, these things says the Son of God who has a flame of fire in his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, against you, because you allow the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you, I say, and to the rest of Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast, I come, and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give the power over the nations. He shall rule with them with a rod of iron. He shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel. I hope you're able to follow along with it. But this is where we get to the meat of it. This is where we get to the meat of the study. Again, uh, verse 1, it says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus. Uh, the Greek is angelos, which means messenger. So the angel of the church is the pastor, okay, who the messenger is, who's, who gives out the message. And this is Ephesus. Now, Ephesus was on the west coast of what is now modern-day Turkey. 
made uh, Vegas look like a uh, look like a piker. Okay, there in Ephesus, they had a great big temple, which I guess was one of the seven wonders of the world at one time, to the goddess Artemis, okay, who was the goddess. They have a church there that the apostle Paul planted, and it's a going concern. But it goes on to here, it says, These things I say to who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. These are things that we addressed last week, but this is namely Jesus. All these things that we talk about are naming Jesus. Okay, now, he says, I know your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and found them to be liars. This is good. This is good. And everybody... Always test what you hear. Don't believe it just because it comes out of my mouth. Get working, and they're zealous. Zealous means you have a zeal for something. It doesn't mean that you're a jerk. It means you have a zeal for something. I have a zeal for dumb old Fords. Okay, so you can tell that. Okay, okay. So, it says, and you haven't become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Well, what's that? Well, the love of Jesus and the love of others. What they have turned themselves into is the love of doctrine. It is now trumping everything else. It's kind of like if you don't have your membership card into this place, you ain't going to heaven. When the thief on the cross said to Jesus, remember me in your kingdom, Jesus looked at him and said, Tell you the truth, you're going to be there with me in paradise. And that's what these guys are messing up with. Men screw up, and they got all this doctrine that everybody's going on. So what, is, what does Jesus have to say about this? Says, he says, remember therefore where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Again, the, the love of Jesus and the love of others. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. You replant. Remove your lampstand stand from its place. Well, this is kind of like pulling your sanctioning from the place. You it's okay. Think of think of NHRA in the late fifties. They had a fuel ban, right? Okay, you can only run gasoline. If you're an NHRA sanctioned track and you ran fuel, this you have that you hate the Nicolotians, which I also hate. Now, who are these Nicolotian guys? Well, here it is. Irenaeus, who was writing in the second century, described what he knew of the Nicolotians. The Nicolatanes, boy, that's, I probably mispronounced that, are followers, get this, of Nicholas, that makes sense, right? Who was one of the seven first ordained to the diaconate by the apostles. They'd led lives of unrestrained indulgence, of indifference to the adultery, and also eating things sacrificed to idols. Okay, these are not guys you want to follow. You know, this is just not good. So, Jesus is saying, you got this going for you. We're in good shape here. Now he goes on to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. In other words, if you remove, get back, overcome to this, okay, you're going to heaven. Real simple. It's not by your works. Again, don't ever get that. It's by faith. Okay. Verse 8, to the angel of the church of Smyrna 
Right. Now what's Smyrna? Smyrna was a rich city. Uh, at the end of the road, which served the valley of the river of Hermas. Of course, everybody knows where that is. And all trade of that valley flowed into its markets and found an outlet through its harbor. Especially rich trade in wine. Hmm. It stood magnificent temples to Sybil, Apollo, Asclepios, Aphrodite, and a great temple to Zeus. But the worship of those pagan gods was dying out. So the real focus was on the worship of the Roman emperor. Hey, that's really what was going on during this time, is he set himself up as God. All right. It keeps going on. It says, these things, says the first and the last, who was dead and who came to life. Again, Jesus. All these things you'll notice when it's talking to these churches, it says, okay, say to the angel, again, who is the pastor of this specific church, and this is what the guy says. This is what Jesus says. Very rich. But what did they do? They plundered all the Christians' belongings, which was pretty popular back at the beginning, you know, the first century, because Christians were not held in the highest regard, which can happen today. You know, but at the time they would plunder their goods, and so they were living in poverty. Acts chapter three says, beginning at the first verse, now Peter and John, this is a great, great story, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man who from his mother's womb was who look at us. Says, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, get this, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I will give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising. Can you imagine that? If you hadn't walked your entire life, and now you're going to be a happy camper, right? And, but think about it. If you haven't walked, how do you know how? how this is really very miraculous because this guy who'd been lame from life now can walk without having to learn like a little kid. Okay, so it goes in there, leaping and praising God and all the people walking and praising God. Then they knew it was he who sat begging alms of the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement what had happened to him. The people in Smyrna may have been physically poor, but spiritually rich. Deathbed, all the money in the world, you ain't taking, they always say you're, there's no U-Hauls being hauled behind hearses. Okay, now, he goes on to say, I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews, people of God, and are not but are of the synagogue of Satan. All the stuff that they was inspired by Satan. If you're grabbing, if you're grabbing all the position, possessions of the, uh, the Christians, you're not being uh, inspired by God. That's, that's a certainty. Verse 10 says, do not. They're pretty much chained to a wall or chained to the floor. Okay, now if you're changed to the floor or chained to the wall, what do you do when you got to go to the bathroom? You make a mess, and you live in your mess. This is not a nice place to be, 
right? And they said that you may be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Wow. This is something everybody wants to hear. It says, but be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown. Again, much better than any kind of money. Finishes up again. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, pay attention. Okay? He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. In jest. But this is not a place anybody, you want any of your friends to be. Okay. Now, it says, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. I said, that was per persecution. Now, here is an example of somebody from Smyrna that was persecuted. And when I was doing research on this, this is quite a bit, but I hope I can get through without being tongue-tied and that you get find it as interesting as I did. It says, this is Polycarp. Polycarp was a uh, first century Christian who ended up being martyred. Okay, the year after Polycarp returned from Rome, a great persecution came upon the Christians of Smyrna. His congregation urged him to leave the city until the heat blew over. So, I see I must be burned at the stake. Isn't that a great vision? Isn't that something which you'd really like? Okay, it goes on. Meanwhile, the chief of police issued a warrant for his arrest. They seized one of Polycarp's servants, tortured him until he told him where his master was. Towards the evening, the police chief and a band of soldiers came to the old farmhouse. When the soldiers found him, meaning Polycarp, they were embarrassed to see that they had come to arrest such an old, frail man. This guy, and they reluctantly put him on a donkey and walked him back to the city of Smyrna. On the way to the city, the police chief and the other government officials tried to persuade Polycarp to offer a pinch of incense before the statue of Caesar and simply say, see, no, <laughs> I ain't going to do that. The police chief was now angry, annoyed at the old man. He pushed him out of his carriage onto the hard ground. Polycarp, bruised but resolute, got up and walked the rest of the way in the arena. Horde games of the arena had already begun. Remember all this stuff about what's going on in the Colosseum? This is not good. It says, bloodthirsty mob gathered to see Christians tortured and killed. One Christian named Quintus boldly proclaimed himself a follower of Jesus and said he was willing to be martyred. But when he saw the vicious animals in the arena, he lost his courage and agreed to burn a pinch to Caesar. They cried out, away with the atheists who do not worship our gods. Isn't that interesting? Atheists don't believe in God. So they're calling these guys who don't worship all the many gods atheists. I, I always found that interesting. To them, Christians were atheists because they did not recognize the traditional gods of Rome and Greece. Finally, the crowd started chanting, bring out Polycarp. When Polycarp was brought his tired body into the arena, he and other Christians heard of Polycarp as he stood there before the pro-council. They tried one more time to get him to renounce Jesus. Pro-council told Polycarp to agree with the crowd and shout out, who shouted out away with the atheists, and Polycarp looked stern, let you free, and Polycarp answered, for 86 years I've served Jesus, how do I dare revile my king? The pro-council finally gave up, announced to the crowd the crime of the accused. Polycarp has confessed that he's a Christian. The crowd shouted, let the lions loose, but the animals had already been put away. 
The crowd then demanded that the old man remembered his dream about the burning pillow. Took courage in God. He said to his executioner, It's well, I fear not that fire that burns for the season, but after a while is quenched. So why do you delay? Come on and do your will. They arranged a great pile of wood and set up on a pole in the middle. They, after he prayed and gave thanks to God, they set the wood ablaze. The great wall of flame shot up to the sky, but never touched old Parley Carp. <laughs> set a hedge of protection between him and the fire. Seeing that he would not burn, the executioner, in a furious rage, stabbed the old man with a long spear. Immediately, streams of blood gushed from his body and seemed to extinguish the fire. When this happened, the witness said that they were reading these things, finding these things out, because these guys had a lot more guts than I think I ever would. You know, I might have been, I don't think I'd have burned the pinch, but I don't know that I would have liked to arm wrestled with a lion either, or, or said, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of instances of great, men and women being burned at their stake for their faith. Wow. That's, uh, that, takes a lot of, that takes a lot of faith. Okay, going on, continuing on, verse 12, says to the angel, again, the pastor of the church of Pergamos, right? Pergamos was the political capital Roman province of Asia the West. I guess that would be Asia Minor. When John wrote, Pergamos had been the capital city of the region for more than 300 years. The city was a noted center for cultural and education, having one of the greatest libraries. Just because it's a religious place doesn't mean they're saved. Actually, nobody is saved by religion. Remember that. It's a relationship with Jesus. Religion never saved anybody. So, okay, now, goes on to say, these things, says he who has the sharp two-edged sword, which is God's word. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name. And you did not deny my faith, because you have there those who hold to the doctrine of Balaam. Now, who's Balaam? Balaam was a prophet for profit. He was a guy that would prophesize whatever you wanted if you gave him enough coin, right? And he and it goes on to say, Balaam was the one who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. Balak was a Moabite king that you can read about who had go into unrestricted indulgence, which a thing I hate. Repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Again, that's referring to God's word, which we are using right now. Verse 17, who, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna, which is the bread of life, Jesus to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it, a white stone. What in the living day is a white stone? Well, at the time, and end now, on to the next one, verse 18. This is under the um, heading of the corrupt 
church. You'll notice, you'll notice that uh, these things keep on going on. These are different churches, but they can all apply to today. These things says the Son of God, oh, pardon me, the angel of the church of Thyatira. Thyatira was the smallest and least important of the seven cities. Still, the city was a center of business and trade, had many active trade guilds, each having their own patron deity from the Greek and Roman pantheons of God. Okay, so this is where this church, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily, and his feet like a fine brass. All these things were, were descriptions of Jesus from chapter one. Okay. I know your works, love, service, patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, a few things that I have against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed. Jezebel was one of the most evil women in history, and out of out of the Old Testament. Right? It says she attempted to combine the worship of Israel with the worship of the idol Baal, and she was the most has the most enviable record of evil. We had a gal, it was, it was interesting, we had this couple in our church years ago who named their daughter Jezebel. And the pastor looked at him and said, don't you read the Bible? <laughs> you know, a particular kid with that. Okay. So, now, to teach and seduce my servants and to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to God, and I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality. We all have time to repent. I don't care what the sin is. We all have to repent. And it just says, hey, Lord, I goofed up. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. And then do your best not to do it again. Does that mean that you're going to be perfect? No. Because if it took being perfect, Jesus wouldn't have to die for your sins. So that's just the deal. All right. Verse 23 says, I will kill her with, kill her children with death. That's kind of interesting, but it's the way it was written. You know, how else are you going to kill them without death? I'm sorry. And all the churches shall know hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now I say to you and the rest of Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no power over the nations. Now, Following verses are a quote from Psalm chapter 2. It says, He shall rule over them with a rod of iron and shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. As I have received from my Father, I will give them the morning star, which again is another reference to Jesus. You, you got this reoccurring? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In other words, pay attention. And all these things, again, people read too much or too little into this. Just go along with what it has to say. Do the research, follow questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks. There's, there's Harry, the, the Sasquatch, holding up his hand, but he's not going to say anything. <laughs> and because my, my friend Jim Sheridan isn't here to yell out something at me either, uh, we'll just hold off. As always, please, if you have anything 
that you want to ask me if something I said sounds wonky to you, please get a hold of me on the Faceplant page or www.com. There's an email there you can send. Whatever, because again, I am a man. I am not perfect. I can make mistakes. And maybe I just didn't explain it right. So that's what we hope. So with that, let's close. Fighting for us, as, as always. And uh, we just, I pray your blessing upon everybody.